Hello everyone! I know you can see me, but I actually thought it was just my voice, but I'm not a catfish. It is I, Siobhan, from We of Colour International. <laughs> and I'm really excited because for the first time our podcast is now going to be a video recording. And I thought, why not have this special occasion by making it a nice collaboration and a gift to the Pride of We ECG because obviously it's Pride Month. We're celebrating LGBTQ+. Honey, we're here in the room and I'm really excited because you get to see my face. Also, I'm really sorry my wig is not prepped and ready. And, you know, the lighting, what, what I feel is at the end, if anybody said my eyebrows were set, I had lashes on, but, you know, I'll add that in post-production. But, um, yes, I'm really excited. <laughs> Everyone's like, what the hell's going on? Um, but it's really, you can see me in full colour, honey. This is how Judy Garland felt when like, she came out of the house and everything was technical. <laughs> so, <laughs> we have advanced. The budget has been spent and we are here in lovely Soho. Um, but I'm going to let these guys introduce themselves. Um, and yeah, and we're just going to get into a really great conversation about everything the ECG is doing. And I'm just going to probe them with questions and see what happens. And my boyfriend's calling me on my Apple Watch. But Ed, I'm really busy. I'm doing some really important Lord's work. Oh, all right. Great. So who would like to be? Chris, you go. Uh, okay, um, so I'm Chris and I'm part of uh, the Pride of We International um, ECG at WeWork and this is my first time on a podcast and I'm very excited to be here. I can't, it's, I, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's good, you're doing well, it's doing well. Um, tell us something interesting about you, Chris, that no one really knows so far. Um, I know you can't lie because we can see your face. That's Yeah, okay, so um, I... Uh, what's I, I, um, so I um, I studied well I don't know if this is really a surprise to anybody uh, but I studied performing arts for three and a half years so I should really um, be, be an actor of some description I guess um, you should be what, what film would you be in or what TV show would you be in <laughs> oh no um, so when <laughs> so when I was uh I just had these big grand images of myself being like the next James Bond or something. And, you know, uh, but I'm like five foot six and uh, uh, I'm gay as Christmas. So probably not the most, uh, <laughs> not the most James Bond style James Bond, but, you know, I can dream one day. We'll see it. I'd love to see it. Imagine, I'd love that. Look at LGBTQ plus by James Bond. Imagine. Okay, so my name is Costa Christodoulou, my pronouns are he, him, and I am the president of Pride of We Work for International. Um, I'm a little bit nervous because I'm normally the one asking the questions. There's, um, my boyfriend has a running joke that I ask too many questions sometimes. <laughs> so to be on the flip side of this, um, is giving me a little bit of anxiety. However, I know that you're a gracious host and I know that my fear is going to disappear. Um, but yeah, super excited to, to be here. Yeah. 
Um, so thank you for having us. You're welcome. And so tell us the interesting facts about you, Boston. So I, similar to Chris, I am a MT graduate, musical theatre. Which graduate from? Um, Liverpool Theatre School. Um, and I performed at Disneyland Paris as a character lookalike and parade dancer for six months. Which character did you do? So I did Tigger, I did Buzz Lightyear, and I did um, Tweedledee, Tweedledum, and then I did the Halloween shows and the Christmas shows. Did you have to wear, like, wear, like full costume? Full costume, honey. Literally, oh, living my best wow. life. It would come up and all sweaty, sweaty like it. Literally, yeah. It was, it was fun. It was so fun. One of the best experiences of my life. Um, yeah. I mean, so I love Disney, but I couldn't be around those kids. Oh, don't. I would just imagine me kicking a kid across the floor if they were just like sticky or rude. Or not that I kick kids, wait. No. <laughs> I don't kick kids. Oh, no, that, that would take a lot that would take a lot of, of patience and grace, so That's gonna be like clickbait. That you know, is... You put it in the trailer so people will wanna watch it. Yeah. I kick kids. I kick kids. <laughs> if there is a kid out there, I'm kicking them. <laughs> No, you know what this is to happen. The next month will be like parents of three, and they'll be like, "So Sorry. we spoke." So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, don't worry. I don't, I don't kick you. I love children, big and small. Anyway, look, thank you guys for taking time out of your day to speak to me. So I just thought it'd be really cool that we just start off for anyone that's probably not known anything about ECG before, which is impossible because every month we always just kind of like badger everyone, being like, "This is an ECG, and it's what we're doing." Just tell us a bit about Bride of We, how you guys got involved, um, just kind of about what kind of started it and why it's so important to you guys. Um, wow. Uh, so uh, I've always, I've been, I've been working for WeWork for three years um, and I've always been aware of the ECGs, but there's, there's always been other stuff going on. I've always felt a need to focus on the building, which of course is, ultimately our, our priority um, whilst at work. But more recently, I've, I've kind of said, well, no, I want to stand up and I want to be counted a bit more. And I want to get involved in what the company's doing and how they're pushing forward with uh, diversion, uh, sorry, diversity and inclusive um, inclusivity. And the Pride of We ECG seemed like a, a good way to go. And it, I think it was towards the tail end of last year, an invite went out to to, to sign up and, and get involved. And so I did. And um, it's just not, it hasn't snowballed, but it's, it's grown from there. And I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of the Pride of We ECG. And I think that the ECGs that we work put out are so crucial to our company and our culture and our community um, that it's, it really does have the power to enact change in what we do. Um, and I think that's not quite appreciated enough or really understood by the wider community of the actual power that the ECGs have for enacting change. That's really good. You know what? We're also going to sound like that. That was really nice. I'm going to follow it. Okay, okay, okay. Chris speaks so beautifully. Like, he just speaks so beautifully. So here's me with my waffle. Um, so there's two reasons. So... Um, I remember my first um, on my first assessment day here for WeWork, um, I had a conversation with Georgie Ruddle, who was um, the chair of Pride of WeWork back in then. And she spoke to me about kind of Pride of WeWork and the ECGs and all that. And I said to myself, wow, like this business really 
cares about inclusion and diversity. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the reasons why I actually said yes to coming to WeWork. And then the second piece that I kind of, I guess, the reason why I joined an ECG is that um, I always think to myself, how am I going to leave a legacy? How am I going to leave my name imprinted on somewhere? And I don't, I'm not able to do that in my day-to-day role um, as within the community. However, as part of an ECG, I'm able to leave something historical behind when I move on. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of why I wanted to, to join Pride of WeWork, but also why I wanted to chair it and kind of be the president so that actually we can tailor our goals and objectives around something tangible and something historical. So then when we all pass, pass, pass on, um, we have something left of our legacy here. He's not talking about death. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, woo! Well, we, well, can you imagine the brimstone? Leap. <laughs> here lies Costa. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful husband. <laughs> Amazing father. Kids. Kids. Did not kick any kids at his tenure in Disneyland. <laughs> left Pride and Wee Legacy. I love that. There's not enough um, space in the tombstone, but you know. <laughs> no, I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why I joined Weird Color in the first place. Like, I, I came to WeWork and I kind of felt seen um, just as a person of color. And then I got to join a community within a community already of employees that want to celebrate what makes us all different. And the fact that we can do this from, from our different ECGs and groups and just kind of really collaborate and like champion each other and shout out for each other and and fly our flags for each other is, is a, one of the reasons why I think this is really great. And it's really important that what we're doing, because I think the first thing starts with the conversation, right? And the next thing is then awareness and then it's us putting things into action. Um, and especially for this year, for the diversity inclusion of this, it, like, you know, we talk about allyship and we've been doing these allyship training within, within WeWork and I really hope that everyone that's been watching it has been enjoying it or taking something in or even if you haven't been enjoying or if you're thinking you know we could do more it's actually good to like share these ideas and small plug share them in the slack channels um email us email us slack us directly you know come and like rub us for a chat because i guess you know not only is that kind of like required in our day-to-day work but it's really good to have these kind of conversations in the kind of spaces that we have and to fill and i think it's great that you guys are really kind of passionate about you know not only the busy day to say that we all have because we're all in community right like it's um it's important that we're kind of like showing up outside the day to day as well but as this is a podcast for pride month tell us what you have planned the schedule so if we're releasing this at the beginning of the month we're going to say what you have planned if we're releasing this for the end of the month what have we been doing so yeah <laughs> Again, another editing cue that we'll put in here. <laughs> so what have you guys been up to or planning to do for this month of June? So yeah, we've got some really great stuff happening. So um, on the 8th of June, we've got um, a cinema club um, and they are going to screen Lost Siren. If you've not watched it, please come down and watch it. It's the most beautiful film. Um, it's about a coming of age story as an LGBT plus um person and how they navigate like coming out to their parents and their peers it's such a beautiful love story so if you've not watched it come down um the 8th of june in the auditorium from 6 p.m um, in london 
Um, we've also got some really great um, speaker series happening globally, uh, which I'm super excited about. They've got some really uh, great special guests. We've also got Drag Bingo, Virtual Drag Bingo, again, globally, which is super exciting. Um, and then at the end of the month, we've got um, our private rework happy hour um, in Long Acre, which is on the 30th of June from 6 p.m. So yeah, it's, it's all going on. And one thing that I need to like talk about is um, we're actually launching um, our trans toolkit as well this month, uh, yeah, in June. So I'm super excited um, about that. It's been, I would say, like seven or eight months in the making. And it's just so excited to kind of give birth to a product that you've been working on for so long. So what um, kind of inspired you guys to start this toolkit? Because I think this is going to be really helpful for not only employees and like our members or whatever. Like, what? Who is it for? How, how did it start? Tell me about the seven, eight months. What's been going on? Yeah, of course. So, um, so again, this piece around leaving a legacy, um, I'm very, I'm a big advocate on, make, on making sure that if we are doing like all this kind of like, PR stuff in terms of like we're so diverse we're doing this allyship we're I don't know kind of putting things on our social media we almost need to get our like back of house and um, in the right place mm -hmm. and and um, I noticed that there was a gap in our kind of I guess knowledge and our kind of policies and procedures around our trans community so um for anyone that doesn't know LGBT stands for lesbian bisexual gay transgender um, and a lot of people forget about our trans community from policies to procedures to like day-to-day -day laws and um, so as a committee it was really important to ensure that that every branch of the lgbt plus community were, had a voice and were protected and um, and the trans toolkit is a piece of work that i guess supports a trans employee to come out um, but also it kind of empowers our managers and leaders to handle it with care because it's such a sensitive subject. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, if you had someone within your team that came out, of came out as trans, we as a business wouldn't know how to handle that right now. Um, during the transition. During the transition. So mm -hmm. actually like from name change to, um, I don't know, like dress code to kind of like a plan and action, who needs to know at what day, um, all that sort of stuff. So it was really important for us to, build a piece of work that that kind of had all that. So then if you were someone who was transitioning, you'd be able to go to one place and find everything that you needed. Um, so I'm, I'm really proud of the kind of work that the committee and I have done with it. Um, and that's just the first part that we're doing. The second part that we're looking at is updating our um, current policies to include um, trans leave. Um, so at the moment we have parental leave, we have um, sick leave, we have holiday leave, we actually don't have anything to protect our trans community. So again, this is something that we are working on for hopefully the end of 2023. And would that be, would the leave be, just so I'm, so I'm educated, would it be for like hospital appointments, any sort of kind of maybe like talks with family, um, any like personal time and stuff? Because I guess it's not only just like a physical effect on your body, it's also like mental and emotional as well. Yeah, exactly. It's almost just kind of ensuring like what we're going to benchmark and what we're going to do as a company if somebody actually came up to came up to us and was like hey i'm transitioning like what do we do um, and that's kind of how the project started and kind of how we um envision it and if you if anyone wants to do any more research on it i would um read the book by sean fay called 
the transgender issue. Um, it's an amazing piece of literature. And I don't read books, but I love audiobooks, and she reads it, and it's it's just so harrowing to what they've been through as a trans community and kind of what we need to do to kind of elevate their voices. And for me, um, that's one way that we can kind of ensure that their voices are heard. It's, a, it's such a really valuable resource for the company to have um, that up till now hasn't, it, it, it's been overlooked and, you know, trans people have been around as long as lesbian and gay people have been around, you know, but it, and only just now are they, is they, the level of equality and resources available and support catching up to that. And it's, it's been a long time coming and it's not there yet. So we've still got a way to go as with, as with all equality. Um, but it's, it's so good. The work that Costa and the team have done to, to put this in place. And it's not just for UK and I, it's going to be rolled out globally this is a massive initiative that the team have put forward and a wonderful fantastic achievement as well um so it's just you know coming in at the end having not done any work for the team or for the committee uh, riding on the coattails of the this is talking pride of britain awards here we go like me with the girl just kind of like there like just sitting for like that's it Hey, my, my motto is, if we all succeed, then I succeed, you know? I don't like that. Give me my credit. I will live the life. Cut my check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Why do we not make this into a video? Wait, wait, let's just put like a little... <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it into my face, like... I'm <laughs> What have you found has been so rewarding or what have you kind of, what surprised yourself in terms of your educational learnings from doing this toolkit? Oh, such a, such a great question. I think that I am forever learning. Like my learning never stops. Like even though I read, I listened to this, this book um, and I felt like I'd got more information. There's still things that I'm learning every day. Um, and I love that about this community is that things change like so frequently and you are going to get it wrong, like pronouns, like you using more inclusive language, like instead of saying, hey guys, use hey everyone, like I still use, still, mm. still for me, I have to check myself because I still use hey guys and I don't say my pronouns and all that sort of stuff. So again, like my biggest learn, I guess, is I'm still learning and I'm going to make mistakes and everyone's going to make mistakes. and. I just want everyone who is listening to this to know that if you do make a mistake, it's absolutely fine. Like, just just don't make intentional mistakes. That's that's the difference. Like, mm. it's like I have conversations with like um, I guess um, more senior uh, people than me, as in older people than me, and and f for me to try and educate them about pronouns and about trans and about kind of certain terminology that you can't use anymore, and um, it's because it's been it's been okay to use that terminology for 50, 50, 60 odd years. So actually, how do we change that behavior? How do we change that mindset of people who have said it's been okay for so long? Mm -hmm. I mean, from that point, I guess, it's funny, you know, the podcast episode we did about allyship just with all the other people like ECG kind of like leads at the time was, it used to really proud for me that made me think about it. It was like, I can't be in charge of everyone's learning. There needs to be times where, you know, everyone that maybe watched this, who doesn't watch this, or 
might be mentions about this has to go into their own education and they can only involve themselves so much with what they're willing to involve themselves in i think you guys can give them the tools link back to the toolkit things well like um if anyone's got like an idea about anything like that you think like include like inclusion and diversity um just like come and speak to us because i never thought i'd be rolling out a trans toolkit um and that just sparked off from a conversation so if anyone has any sort of like ideas or something that they think oh this is missing at we work come and speak to us like come and speak to the committees because we that's what we're there for we're there to to be the voice of our employees and push those initiatives forward. I love this. <laughs> I love this. This is such a wholesome conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are laughing at me, but I'm like, really, I'm just, I'm just like, really like taking it all in. What about, what, what about you, Chris? I know that you said that you kind of like joined a bit later um, to the ECG, but has there been any kind of, what were those, what did they say, the allyship and big aha moments for you? <laughs> Anything that you've surprised yourself about? I think it's just about my own personal realisation. I am a cisgendered white male. So I'm, I'm at that kind of apex of privilege, really. You know, put it out there. I'm a, you know, I'm also gay. But on the face of it, on the face of it, to anybody, you know, I am... I'm in, I'm in a position of privilege. It's about me checking my own privilege and then leveraging that privilege to ensure that people who don't have that have a voice. And I'm giving those people that voice and I'm, I'm really elevating them as far as possible and as high as possible because they don't have that privilege. And it's through this allyship learning and it's being part of the ECG and the wonderful work that the other ECGs are doing as well to, to, to really put that into practice and know that it's okay for me to ask questions and it's okay to educate myself and it's such an important thing so long as I don't forget that I'm in that position of privilege that I can leverage that to to build people up where possible um it, it, it's that really and it's it's just been highlighted more and it's that it's that oh my days moment you know it's of course how could I be so stupid how could I be so stupid unconscious bias we talk about unconscious bias so much and you just it's the realization of oh of course why didn't i think of course this person has walked in and i've just immediately thought or misgendered that person how how foolish of me and i'm so sorry but realize and understand ask questions apologize move forward don't make the mistake again and it's so easy like especially for us guys being in the community like you have uh, a member or a visitor coming in and you're giving them the instructions and we talk about like gendered bathrooms you know that was the that was one of the topics that you, you mentioned today in the call like i would just automatically think like okay see someone I'm like hey you need a bathroom it's here or it's on this side in in, in my building which i hope we, we change very soon as we haven't got the change yet for kind of you know non-gender specific specific bathrooms that's going to mm -hmm. for everyone you know, we obviously have um, accessible bathrooms, but, you know, sometimes you might just want to not feel like that has to be defined as a special place to go. It should just be natural. It should just be like to go in. Yeah. And you, I took that for granted. I didn't think about those things, these small kind of little details. It's funny yeah. because um, well, I was doing a piece of work the other day and around kind of accessibility, and I have never had to think about 
my accessibility to a building or to a place. There's people out there that have to plan their whole entire route from their, their tube journey to get into a building and ensure that it's um, wheelchair friendly. And like stuff like that, even though I'm a gay man and I'm in a minority group, that's, I didn't fathom that. I didn't think about that. And again, like similar to you, Chris, like I've had to check my own privilege. Like I, I would say that I'm, in, I'm intersectional in terms of like I would, um, obviously I'm, I'm a gay man, but I don't identify as um, a white gay man. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a person of color. I'm Greek, even though I'm British. Um, if to look at me, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, know, you wouldn't think that I was white. So um, I do have that kind of intersectionality. But again, I'm, I, I'm still privileged because one, I'm a male, and two. I'm British, yeah. so it's it's so difficult to kind of, I guess, translate what how privileged you are versus how unprivileged you are because it's kind of you're on that spectrum and you're kind of uh, in the, in that middle ground, aren't you? Yeah. And even in within like if you look at like race, even within like say the black community, you've even got like privilege on skin tone and colorism and all that sort of stuff. That's a whole nother episode we haven't planned <laughs> and we have not got the time. Yeah, no. no but- no, you're, you're, you're so right. There's there's just so many different levels from it. Even down to the point where I was I was chatting to Rue when I um when I came early. We talk about pretty privilege. Now Rue, when you see her, gorgeous, fire, princess, queen. <laughs> He's got pretty privilege, and I resent it. <laughs> but I know who I'm bringing to all the functions for freebies. <laughs> Let's just make that very clear. Um is if we can educate or if you've got any resources, any recommendations of podcasts, books, um, TV shows, movies that are going to kind of like begin this toolkit, as we say, for other people, if they want to learn a bit more about kind of what you guys have been kind of like championing, if people wanted to take their own powers and to spread this information, do you have anything to recommend? Well, um, <laughs> so, well... <laughs> Buckle up, folks. Uh, <laughs> um, there's an amazing podcast that I started listening to through lockdown. Um, and it's a podcast called Bottoming, which in the gay community can mean one thing or another. Um, however, it's about when you bottom out, you get to the stage in your mental capacity that you just don't know where to go. You've hit rock bottom. And it seems to be prevalent in the LGBTQ plus community that you get to that stage where you you're, you're pretending to be someone else. You are uh, not living your authentic life because you're in a work environment or a social environment whereby you don't feel like you can be your authentic self. Um, and this podcast really hones in on certain aspects that at certain points in my life, I've, I've seen reflection and I've, I said, well, that was, that was me, that I was, I was at, I was at that stage and I've tried very hard to suppress who I was at certain stages and in certain situations. Um, so I think if I was to make one recommendation of many, I think it would be to listen to, to that podcast, because even if you don't feel like you've hit that rock bottom stage, there will be reference points where you think, ah, I, that resonates with me. I've been in that situation or I know someone who's been in that situation and it better equips you to understand what they've gone through. So that would be my, my recommendation. Bottoming is the recommendation. <laughs> bottoming. Yes. My recommendation bottoming. is bottoming. 
I recommend bottles. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be for everyone. It might, it might not be for you. Might not be for everyone. <laughs> life is for living. <laughs> oh my days. <laughs> is a TV show um, and it is the BAFTA winning It's a Sin. I love It's a Sin. So I... Wait, no spoilers because we've no, never no seen it. No spoilers, no spoilers. Yeah. Um, so it's a real raw look at the AIDS epidemic during the 80s in London. And I watched it, I think it was about six or seven episodes long and every episode i cried like ugly cried um it's just so moving um and just so russell t davis right yeah russell t davis mm -hmm. um it, it's just an incredible piece of queer tv um and my i told my mum to watch it as well because um, my mum's such an ally and she watched it and we had such a terrific conversation for about an hour after we we both watched it separately because you don't want to watch it with your mum. Um, and it made me realise her behaviours and her worry and her, I guess, protection over me when I came out as gay. Because she lived in the 80s, obviously, and she lived through the the AIDS epidemic so she saw the TV advertisement she saw people dying around her she saw and, and how the news kind of epitomised gay people and kind of ridiculed them and kind of all this sort of stuff so for her to have that at the forefront of her mind to when me then came out as gay it really transcended with me to be like oh well I get it mm. I get why you were worried mm. I get why you were so protective i get why you felt a certain way i get why you said this and and it just made us connect on such a deeper level because i finally after all these years had an understanding of where she was coming from in that moment and it was such like a like a 360 for me um so if you haven't watched it i would highly recommend a um, beautiful queer piece of art um i think you can watch it on netflix now um or channel four um beautiful incredible um and i would just say for anyone that also just kind of loves like documentaries and tv shows i remember when i was young i think i was like 20 19 20 i think the first kind of documentary or kind of like bit of media i saw where it talked about kind of lgbtq plus kind of issues especially for like the trans community was paris is burning so yeah. i i know for a lot of people that are probably already in this kind of in the community well know Paris Burning, if you've watched RuPaul's Drag Race with reading challenges, they reference it. But I think for me, that was a documentary that made me just want to read more, listen more. It made, it made me cry at parts because it was probably around, so by the time Vogue came out, so it was like 1990. Mm -hmm. So very in the 80s, the beginning of the 90s, the AIDS episode is still kind of going around. And it's about these kind of like trans women's um, lives people in, in the ballroom scene um, and it's a very beautifully, beautifully recorded and edited um, documentary 
And I think for anyone that wants to just kind of have a really nice kind of snapshot of what it was like in the time, because I think for It's a Sin, it was a very much like a, a modern interpretation of that time, which is probably very accurate and very, because lots of teenagers was probably our age around that time from a, a modern perspective. But if you wanted to see, if you like kind of like documentaries, I think Paris Burnings is a pretty great starting point for anyone that's interested to, um, to watch that. And there's also a, another documentary on Netflix about trans people in films and TV, and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. I will add it onto the link. Talk about yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> what you just said there, Cluster, about your mum and how it kind of resonated with you and uh, her initial thought when you came out. I cannot express how similar that is for me. And it, that was really only a light bulb moment, probably about 12 months ago. And it was probably off the back of It's a Sin as well. And it's, yeah, I get it. Throughout the time that I was growing up and when you were, you know, out and about and living your life, you, to be homosexual was to be victimised in the press because there was this gay disease going around. And, you know, sex, I went to school during Section 28, so I was never taught that it was okay to be gay or that uh, a gay... Uh, family is something that you have as a normal quote unquote thing and in fact it was just never taught homosexuality was never taught it wasn't referenced it wasn't allowed against the law um but then when I did come out I remember my mum's first words of being it's not what I want for you yeah and that for me going oh oh shit (laughs) oh no but now I understand because at that age and that that kind of almost naivety of, well, if you're going to be gay, you're going to get AIDS and you're going to die young and you're going to die alone and you can't get married and you can't have a happy life because that's what the press at the time and, and her experience of, of gay life was. Um, so I, I now totally understand that comment. We now have the best relationship and she is a total ally as well. Like she comes up to Manchester, we go on Canal Street, disco dancing till 3am. Like it's bonkers. Yeah. She's 67. Like <laughs> she's, um, and she loves the gays. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but it, it was a real life light bulb moment, you know, and oh, of course that's how you think because th- that's just what she assumed would happen was normal at the time. So conversation that we had was just like um yeah again like eye-opening but also like a light bulb moment and like I think a lot of a lot of gay men probably had that conversation with their family during like it's a sin because it is it almost you almost realized why why they said things and why they were so protective and why they they thought certain things um so, yeah, yeah. Because we're so lucky and very unlucky to be in the age of social media where obviously a lot of information can spread, but just as quickly as information can spread, disinformation can spread with, with social media and the abuse of the internet. I, I kind of want to maybe focus this more about the trans and the queer community because I think for them in the last kind of like five, ten years, the kind of the education speak about how we oh someone's got a meeting in 10 minutes sorry <laughs> that was me i'm so sorry god that was a that was a really pivotal emotional moment as well bing 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 oh what an idiot <laughs> you're best Viola Davis. And you're <laughs> you were going oscar winning performance there i'm giving you oprah 
question time, Netflix special, honey. No. <laughs> I, was, I was saying, like, in the in the last 10 years, most with the trans and queer community, do you think they're kind of having this time now where there's a lot of dis- misinformation, we're kind of navigating, because obviously this idea of being allies and how we're going to support each other and educating ourselves. So around the time of the eighth pandemic, people just thought it was just spread by homosexual people. Um, and now we know that's just not the case. It could be done done through a multitude of different ways. How do you feel in this time currently we can stop the spread of misinformation? You know what? Is if I if we if we look at the AIDS epidemic and the COVID pandemic, like the amount of misinformation that I read or I skimmed through on social media about COVID-19 was just, I couldn't fathom it. Like, and the fact that now we, there's warning signs around like misinformation is amazing. Um, because obviously we didn't get that, but I think it's, I think it's more difficult now to try and streamline what actually is real, what actually isn't like, regardless, I think, I think back in the day you were able to, to filter out what wasn't real and what was real because because it didn't spread so quickly as in like the the piece of media whereas today like you can go viral in two minutes so it's mm. once it's out there it's really difficult to kind of claw it back yeah um so i think it's probably more difficult now um i just think um it's almost like fact checking before you start talking about things um i think it's about doing your research and kind of is it from a reliable source the amount of times that people say to me I saw something on Facebook and I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no. I'm like, no. I'm like, next, next. Um, so yeah, I only take my sources from BBC News because people, fact check, BBC News have to have two sources before they put anything out oh. there. Mm. So that's the way that I use my information. But again, like, speak to people, speak to people that you trust, speak to, speak to people within the community to get those, to get that. Yes. Speak to people in the community that are having these experiences because also it's very important to note that not one community, not everyone in the community is a monolith, not everyone's the same, everyone will have different experiences. But sometimes, you know, people are like, oh, well, this person experienced this, for example, in terms of, you know, being, um, I had a, a pronoun instead, so I should just make sure that everyone's going to feel like that, everyone's going to be so sensitive about things. And it's not, it's not the case. There's, there's a lot of kind of like history to unpack. And like, but even with the LGBT community, there's so much animosity within our community. Like, it's so disappointing. Like, when you see gay people not supporting gay people, or or a a, a pillar of our community not supporting another pillar of our community, it's so sad. And like, we have so much as a community to fight against that Mm. we shouldn't be fighting internally. And unfortunately, within our community, we there is a lot of that. And again, one of the things that I wanted to bring to this committee and to this community of people was that we've got each other's back and that I'm going to support you and hopefully you'll support me because I want us all to win Mm. you winning doesn't make a difference to me like I want you to win I want you to succeed I want you to do incredibly well and I think we should have that for every walk of life every piece of every person Mm. yeah a hundred percent the 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 almost internalized homophobia within our own <laughs> LGBT, you know, community. You see, you see about it, you see it all the time. And when I was single and on the dating scene, you know, you'd go on some of the apps and it'd be, you know, no fats, no femmes, no Asians, 
It's like, what? Sorry? Really? Oh, my God. Uh, you get people that, you know, would say, sorry, um, I, I don't want to go on a date with anybody who is any way remotely different to me. It's like, what? It's our differences that make us most beautiful. <laughs> and like, why, why are we, why are we batting people away? Why, why are we doing that? We should be an inclusive, inclusive community. Um, and it's making sure that we use, again, our privilege to we, to protect certain elements of our community that need it most. And right now I would say it is our trans brothers and sisters that, that need our support. Um, so so much um to ensure that we get to a stage whereby it is just as inclusive as being gay and it's just as okay as being gay and not as seen as um something so different or abhorrent at all um social media you touched on earlier it's it's a blessing and a curse you know especially when you've got people famous authors that you know might be using their power to to push out negative rhetoric shall we say but who am i to comment but, she who should, should not be named. The one who, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Look, I think this has been an amazing first video episode. I want to thank both of you for this because I've taken a lot. I'm really excited to see what you guys have got coming away for the rest of this year, especially for Pride Month. So I just want to kind of like plug again, guys. Come to the happy hour. Come to the the virtual drag bingo, drag bingo, drag bingo. Yes. <laughs> um. Yes. Cinema um, club on the eighth of June. Love Simon. Love Simon. Come and say York Ten York Road, right? Ten York Road Auditorium. Waterloo. You know the yeah. big building. We all I mean, love to see it, it'd be, and it'd be nice to see people in person. Look, you know, COVID is still kind of here, but as long as we're doing it safe. Come, let's interact, let's do things in person. Um, but before we close this out, because I think we could talk forever, but also some of us have invoice reviews to do. <laughs> um, is there anything you guys want to say before we close out? Any calls to action? Any like last words? Because obviously Costa's planning his funeral. <laughs> 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 Get involved. Just get involved. Get involved. It doesn't have to be Pride of We. It could be We of Colour, Parents of We, Veterans, any of the ECGs that you think resonates with you. If you are a member of that community, or if you want to be an ally, stand up and be counted and get involved um, just as much as possible because it's only through enacting change that we see the world that we want, basically. Yes. Deep. Yes. <laughs> Very deep. Um, when I try and explain the culture of WeWork, one of the things that I always go back to is the employee community groups. Um, so if anything that we've said today translates with you or has made you feel something, um, please get involved, please jump in, please um, reach out. Um, we are always looking to um, host new people, new ideas. Um, and if you've ever felt like you can't be your authentic self i think most of us in this room have um so just speak about it and let's kind of promote an inclusive workplace come home we're here honeys um, yeah. but also if there's anything you didn't enjoy anything you didn't like 
my name is Ruben Bo. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna kill me. She's gonna kill me. She'll be like, She's gonna kill me. <gasps> no, no. But look, give us your feedback. If there's anything that we haven't touched on or covered, please let us know. If you want to come and jump on and sit down for a chat, you know, there wasn't any cocktails today because, you know, we're still on the clock. But if it's after 6 pm, I know a great little bodega where we can get some great margaritas. But um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for your time. Um, and I really hope Pride Month. It goes well for you guys. I hope that all the events are kind of like really well received and well attended. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. You'll see me at all the events. Good. Yes, yes. I will show up. I'm going to get involved. Um, <laughs> okay. Also, okay. Oh, well, I always do in my podcast. One song that you can recommend. That's what sums up your pride. Because I know, obviously, Pride in London's in July. Is it, is it 3rd of July? 2nd of July? 2nd of July this year in London. What is yeah. like your pride anthem? Oh. Anything new or old? Oh. I'm not accepting Vogue. Okay. Or I'm coming out by Diana Ross. Okay. So, like, to go totally, like, camp, it's got to be Kylie and your disco needs you. Like, I think that's kind of up there with a, you know... <laughs> Kylie, Kylie, Kylie is. A, you know, she is Queen Kylie. I just think about the little gold shot. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> um, mine would be Todrick Hall, Raining Fellas. <laughs> it's very gay, but it's like a proper anthem. The video is amazing. If you've not watched it, watch it and listen to it. It will literally spark up the sparkle and the glitter in your veins. And <laughs> Dark, like, uh, and get ready for bossing. So, <laughs> 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 Sorry, no, right. thank you so much for watching. Please join us, like, share, everything. Thank you so much. See you later. Bye. 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 B